family to Paris to seek help for some, some medical help for some problem he had. And on the first night of their stay in the hotel in Paris, the sheik woke up in the middle of the night, was very thirsty, and said to his wife, as sheiks always do, I'm thirsty, get me a drink. The wife got up, went, took a cup, went into the bathroom, and reappeared moments all the time. Whereupon one of her guests said quietly, there is one thing even worse, and that is not to be bothered at all by anyone ever. And that brings us to the theme of our talk this morning, loneliness. In today's Gospel lesson, Jesus comes to the pool of Bethesda. He observes the great multitude of sick people, all with various illnesses, waiting to be moved into the water for healing. Suddenly he knows, notices one poor creature who seems more needy than all the rest, and tenderly he asks this paralytic, Do you want to be healed? And the helpless paralytic looks up and answers and says to Jesus, Sir, I have no man to put me into the pool when the water is troubled. Thirty-eight years I have waited. Thirty-eight long, weary years. This bundle of pain waited for someone to help him into the pool. And one can imagine the utter despair behind those words, Sir, I have no man. How well he knew the pain of loneliness, a pain expressed so well by the ancient mariner, which we read most of us in school so many years ago. Alone, alone, all, all alone, alone on a wide, wide sea. A famous doctor was asked to name the most devastating disease. His reply was loneliness, just plain loneliness. Another doctor called it the most devastating malady of our age. We know that loneliness drives people to do desperate things. <clears throat> Studies have shown that it is one of the major causes of suicide loneliness. Alcoholics Anonymous tell us that loneliness is one of the great causes of alcoholism. It has been discovered recently that loneliness actually kills people. People, for example, who, are, who now live alone either through divorce or the death of a loved one are twice as, twice as likely to die early than those who are married. It is no respecter of age. There is the loneliness of small children whose parents spend too little time with them. There is the loneliness of teenagers who feel that they are not understood by their elders and feel alienated. There is the loneliness that can exist within marriage where two people can live together in the most intimate of all relationships and feel estranged. There is the loneliness of the middle-aged man 
who must face the fact that he will never become vice president of his company. There is the loneliness of the aged who feel unwanted and useless. There is the tragic loneliness of losing a loved one in death or anticipating one's own death. Here we have the problem. Sir, I have no man. What is the cure? There is a cure, but there's a false cure and there's a real cure to loneliness. The false cures of loneliness are many. Among them are the corner bars and the nightclubs. Here a man tries to relieve his loneliness in lust. He tries to buy or drink his way out of boredom, only to wake up the next morning with a greater loneliness than he had before. Others work excessively or keep on going incessantly. They plan their schedules so that they're never alone. Rollo May, the psychiatrist, tells of how many people must, must keep gated up with activities just to avoid the pain and the fear of being alone. Now, just as counterfeit money can exist only because there is real money, so these false cures exist only because there is a real cure. And it is to this real cure that we shall now pay attention very briefly. The first thing that we must ask ourselves is if our loneliness is our own fault. It was said of someone named Edward, Edward is a small island surrounded entirely by Edward. If we have shut ourselves in, asking for pity instead of offering service, wanting to be loved and forgetting that the only way to be loved is to give love, then we must do something about it. We must start building bridges to other islands, to other lonely persons. Why was Jesus not lonely? Was it not because he constantly kept building bridges to other people, such as to the paralytic in today's gospel lesson? One of the great cures for loneliness is indeed to lose oneself in service to others. But the loneliness of life cannot be solved simply by joining a club or throwing oneself into community service projects. There will always be those dark corners that refuse to be illuminated. And this brings us to the second and final cure for loneliness that we shall discuss this morning. One of the deepest causes of loneliness is an inner hunger for God. It is a cosmic, existential loneliness when one feels his life has no meaning at all and he feels alienated from God separated. 
Loneliness basically is a sense of incompleteness that draws us toward the one, the only one, who can make us complete. It is a hunger that only a relationship with God can satisfy. May it not be that God makes us lonely at times, that we may come to realize the emptiness of life without him. Loneliness, then, is an inner emptiness craving to be filled by the only one who can satisfy it, the Lord Jesus. And only he is the one who can give us a sense of importance and worth in life, a sense of direction and a source of power that never fails. Loneliness has been aptly called by someone the far-off echo of the voice of our Creator whispering to us, I have made you for myself, and you will never be complete without me. Our Lord Jesus himself pointed to part of the problem and part of the solution of loneliness when he said, The hour is coming and has already come, he's speaking to his disciples, when you are all to be scattered, each to his home, leaving me alone. Yet he says, I am not alone, because the Father is with me. When his enemies turned on him, and when his, his friends, his disciples, deserted him, and when the cross loomed up before him as a cruel reality, Jesus said, I am alone, yet not alone, because the Father is with me. In other words, there come in life those lonely moments that only can be overcome only by Christ and by no other human means. Not long ago, I read about a power failure in Salt Lake City in a hotel that left the elevator, an elevator, elevator stuck between two floors in total darkness, a very frightening situation to those of us who have experienced anything like that. Rescue workers hearing a woman's voice inside the elevator called out, Are you alone in there? And out came the calm reply from the elevator, I'm by myself, but I'm not alone. And people soon caught on what she meant. She meant that God was with her, protecting her, as indeed he was. But you don't have to be trapped in an elevator in order to practice the presence of God. Because you can talk to him anywhere, anytime, any place, about anything, and he will listen, and he will respond. You remember those beautiful words, a promise to us of Jesus. I am with you always, always, even unto the end of the world. May we ever hold fast to that assurance in the dark shadows of loneliness 
will indeed fade away. Sir, I have no man, said the paralytic to Jesus. But he did have a man with a capital M, the God-man, Jesus himself. Jesus was the man who stood by the paralytic. We too can have Jesus as our friend and companion in life to make us strong when by ourselves we would be weak and to make us, to give us courage when by ourselves we would be faint-hearted and to instill in us the promise of his presence when by ourselves we would be lost in loneliness. I am alone, yet I am not alone because the Father is with me. With this faith, we still have problems in life, but we have also a presence that inspires confidence and overcomes loneliness. In concluding, I'd like to mention the last and the greatest loneliness of all, and that is death, death. In the hour of our death, we are cut off from the whole universe and everything in it, our loved ones, our possessions, our home, our friends. We stand utterly alone. Yet even there, in the moment and place where God is least expected, in the barrenness and emptiness of death, Christ is present. And that's why we sing, Christ is risen. By his death he has overcome death. And to those in the tombs he has bestowed life. To him be glory, honor, worship, praise, and thanksgiving now and evermore. Christ is risen. Christos Anesti. Christos Anesti.